Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy Podcast, where you meet the intersection of mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Heather Duranja, founder of Nutrition Vixen, registered dietitian, nutritionist, personal trainer, and cognitive behavioral specialist. I'm a mother, author, self-improvement junkie, and recovering perfectionist turned professional half-asser. Each week, I'll be bringing on a guest or a topic that will help you go from surviving to thriving. Are you with me? All right, here we go with today's episode. Hello, everybody. On today's show, I have Dr. Sean Talbot. Dr. Sean is responsible for Amare's research, development, and product formulation. Dr. Sean leads all aspects of the development of new product formulations and specifications, as well as clinical and experimental research, product claims, substantiation, and technical support. His unique ability to explain complex terminology in simple terms helps people understand the science behind new and existing products. His 20 plus years of experience developing nutritional products that have generated more than 1 billion in sales has led to him finding his true passion at Amare. Using his skills and experience to help people feel better through improved mental wellness and psychological vigor, mental acuity, physical energy, and total performance. Dr. Sean, thank you so much for coming on and being my guest today. My pleasure, Heather. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. As I had mentioned earlier when we were talking that I was introduced to you in about 2014 when I read your book, The Cortisol Connection, which was a huge game changer for me in the way that I decided I wanted to move my practices moving forward. So I am so grateful for all of the work that you have done, all of your incredible knowledge expertise, um, application, all of it. So <laughs> it's, it's for me, this is like one of those fangirl moments. So <laughs> thank you for giving me that. So anyway, I want to talk to you today. We're going to discuss a lot of gut brain access type, um, access type concepts that can be pretty challenging for people to understand. There's so much information. There's so much misinformation out mm-hmm. there. So I'm excited to dive in with you and start digesting some of this awesome information. So why is gut health so important? Yeah, well, you know, gut health these days is is where it's at in terms of where all the research is. You know, I've been studying, you know, stress and mental wellness and psychological vigor for about the last 20 years. And, you know, we didn't really think too much about the gut back then, except from the standpoint of, hey, if you're stressed out, you have more gut problems. You know, you see people with ulcers and heartburn and constipation and stuff like that when they're the most stressed. But now what we realize is that the gut is real. I mean, without over-exaggeration, it's the the center of where all of our health is. And that that might sound a little sort of like hippie-ish. You know, people have been saying for a long time, like, oh, the, you know, the all disease begins in the gut and stuff like that. Like, and 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 that we we used to just dismiss that kind of stuff because we couldn't. We couldn't quantify it as scientists. And nowadays, we can actually, we can measure the microbiome, which is the bacteria in the gut. We can measure the integrity of your gut to see if you have, you know, if you have permeability or if you have good integrity, you know, what some people would call leaky gut. We can measure inflammation. We know that the immune system resides in large part in in the gut. We know that most of our neurotransmitters are produced in the gut, you know, so things like serotonin and dopamine and those sorts of things. And so, you know, the, the, the new science around gut health is really leading us to say, well, the science of gut health is the science of brain health and the science of hormone balance and the science of really everything that it means to be a healthy human. So, you know, it all comes back to the gut now in a, you know, in a certain sense. Yeah. Absolutely. And for me, this is really exciting stuff because, you know, five years ago when I was really pushing gut health and people to reevaluate the way that we thought about how our digestive health played a role in our overall health, there was a lot of resistance. Um, There wasn't enough research to validate the claims. So for me, it's really exciting to see that this is becoming more mainstream. But what's frustrating is that there are so many people who have jumped on board with the trend that we have a lot of things out there, a lot of products out there specifically right. that are being 
uh, solicited as the, you know, cure all for gut health. And unfortunately, a lot of these products just aren't safe for people. Right. I am, I am a really big promoter of utilizing supplementation when necessary, as long as it is a product that is safe, meaning it's been tested outside of the company that, um, all of the things that are listed or the things that they say are in it are actually in it when it is tested. Um, right. I know probiotics, I'm, I'm always, you know, looking up probiotics to see, okay, is this a product that is actually validated as being as effective as they say is what's in it really in it. And it's so surprising to see how many things come up positive for E. coli. Right, right. So talk to me a little bit about that. What are your thoughts about all these supplements out there? Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, you know, the sort of the, the, the idea that gut health is becoming a, like a, a really sort of hot area, that's a blessing and a curse, right? It's mm-hmm. a blessing because there's science to support that, you know, just what I said before, that the gut is at the center of all of human health. But because it's becoming trendy, there's a, there ends up being a lot of noise out there. And so a lot of times what will happen is, a, you know, a consumer will, will hear about gut health or they'll hear about the microbiome or they'll hear that they need probiotics and they say, okay, I need a probiotic. And they run off to the store and they buy, they buy what's on sale or they buy the one that they think has the, has the most bacteria in it. And they think that that's the best one because it's the most. And you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's how people think sometimes, but like you bring up a good point, Heather, about the fact that, you know, it has to be safe. It have to, it has to have some sort of, you know, efficacy. It has to be efficacious. Right. Um, the only reason, you know, the only way that you know that is through research. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the whole probiotic category can be really, really confusing because the, 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 there's a there's a concept in science that's called strain specificity that certain strains of bacteria probiotics will deliver very specific kinds of effects so just to give you an example we can pick one strain that helps with depression we can pick a completely different strain that helps with constipation right so depression and constipation are completely different effects you know, completely different benefits delivered by completely different strains. And if you don't know what strain delivers what, it's it's like throwing a it's like closing your eyes and throwing a dart at a at a dartboard. You you might get it, you might not get it. Right. So like on one hand, that's discouraging to customers because then they say, Well, gosh, now do I have to become an expert in probiotic strains in order to pick the right product? And I say, I say no because the companies that are using those very specific dialed in scientifically validated strains are absolutely going to go out of their way to let you know that this strain does that thing. You right. know, so all, all you really have to do is ask the question, what are your, what are your strains validated for in mm-hmm. humans? And if that's the benefit I'm looking for, then maybe, maybe I'll give your product a try. Right. That's such a good point. I'm so glad that you brought that up because there are so many and it is so confusing. There's so much misinformation, refrigerated versus, you know, freeze dried. I know that you and I had a pretty lengthy conversation and I am not a promoter of refrigerated probiotics, mostly because of human error. And by the time it actually reaches, you know, reaches us um, to purchase and bring home to our own refrigerators, there's been so much mishandling through that process that those, those bacteria have been denatured and are no longer effective. So you're taking a really pricey product that isn't delivering any kind of benefits. Right. I thought, I thought when we were having that conversation, you brought up such a great point about, Hey, it's in the refrigerator right now at the store while you're looking at it. But what happened to it before it got into that refrigerator case? It might've been sitting on a loading dock. It might've been sitting in a shipping truck. I mean, who knows, right? (laughs) Right. And not just that, but how busy are you? Usually we have 10 things that we're trying to accomplish in one trip. So we might be purchasing that, leaving it in the car for two to three hours. And just in that process between the store and getting home to our own refrigerators, there's a lot of, you know, opportunity for um, air. Right, exactly. And, you know, and, 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 and sort of right along that sort of chain of chain of thought is that, you know, the idea that a specific strain is going to deliver a specific benefit, 
that strain will also determine, does it need to be refrigerated or can it be shelf stable? Right. Do you have to protect it from stomach acid or is it okay through the, you know, does it have good survivability through the digestive tract? That, that, that strain will also determine you know, how, how much of it do you need to give? You know, do you mm -hmm. need to give, you know, a 1 billion or 10 billion of, of CFUs, right? So, you know, if, if we think about that idea of strain specificity, that will actually answer all of those other questions that, that, mm -hmm. that, that people sometimes get confused about. Right, absolutely. You and I could geek out literally <laughs> all day. So I wanna talk to you about one of my personal favorite topics, which is, how does stress impact the gut? Yeah, hugely, hugely. And it's, and it's one of the things that's really interesting is that it's not just a one-way uh, uh, effect. It's not just that being overstressed or chronically stressed it interferes with the gut. The gut can actually induce stress in the rest of our system. It's, a, it's very much a bi-directional uh, 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 communication, right? right. The, the gut is talking to the brain and the brain is talking to the gut. So let's think, think about sources of stress that we might have. We can have the stress that people would recognize, you know, stress from your work or stress from your finances or stress from, you know, your to-do list and things like that. If you're chronically stressed, that's going to induce stress throughout your whole system. And your gut is particularly susceptible to damage from psychological stress. It's also very susceptible to damage from the stress of not getting enough sleep, from the stress of having a poor diet, you know, not getting enough fiber and phytonutrients, like if you're eating, you know, fruits and vegetables, but also really susceptible to stress from artificial sweeteners and artificial flavors and pesticides and all that kind of stuff we could ex be exposed to. So your gut is really, really going to be damaged by stress. But once it's damaged, once you get a problem with the wrong level of bacteria, and we can talk about microbiome balance mm -hmm. later, um, or, or you actually damage your gut and you have a problem with your gut lining, what, what, you know, what some people would call leaky gut, that can induce stress in the rest of the system. So it can lead to inflammatory stress, it can lead to immune system stress, it can set off a stress response so you're starting to produce more cortisol. And what, what, what ends up happening is that you get into this very vicious cycle of psychological stress leads to gut stress, gut stress induces further biochemical stress in the body and you get into this vicious cycle of of always being in this stressed out situation so you'll feel tension you'll feel irritability you're maybe you'll feel a little depression or anxiety you you, you just will be sort of in a tense situation all the time which is further exacerbating the problem and people right. find themselves in that situation and unless you go in and you can actually repair the gut to stop that internal stress or you know reduce your external stress and sort of be able to calm down and meditate and be more resilient and things like that you can come at it from either perspective but if you don't come at it from any perspective you're just in this in this constant constant cycle of stress leading to more stress leading to more stress and and and, and you feel terrible Right. I, I tell people all the time, our body can't differentiate between physical, mental, and emotional stress. Right. All it knows is that it's in a stress state and there is a very specific hormonal pathway that occurs. So for most people, it's very difficult to reduce the, and reduce the stresses like family and work and you know, the everyday, the emails, all of those types of things. Right. right. It's not practical for a lot of people, it's, right? Well, it's, it's sometimes it's too overwhelming when we have so much physical stress in mm -hmm. the body to try and even imagine, you know, attacking that and combating that kind of, those kind of stressors is just too much for them to even fathom. So I'm a big promoter of let's start with what we can, can actually take control of. We may not be able to manage all of these other circumstances, but we can control what's going in our body and how we're providing, ex, you know, um, extra support to strengthen and heal that digestive tract. And that's kind of the first place to really start with reducing the overall stress response in the body. Right. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think the way you said it is exactly right. That, you know, of, of, of all of these things that we talked about, right? So some people can sometimes be overwhelmed saying, well, do I start here? Do I start there? Do I, do I start exercising? Do I start meditating? Do I start with a good diet? And right. if you can sort of like simplify it a little bit for mm-hmm. them and say, you know what? Why don't we start with your gut? Why don't we start here first? What they end up seeing is, you know, they'll see gut benefits, which is awesome, right? right? Better digestion, better absorption of their nutrients, less problems like, you know, gas and bloating and constipation, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, which is awesome. But if you can repair that integrity of the gut, you can actually get an anti-stress response out in the rest of the body. And so people will come back and they'll say, after just doing a gut regimen for a short period of time, a couple Mm -hmm. of days in some cases, they'll come back and they'll say, hey, you know, I'm feeling less stressed out. I'm feeling calmer. I'm feeling better mood. I'm feeling right. like I'm not flying off the handle, right? Which, you know, I would call stress resilience. Right. There's a lot of really good systemic benefits that you get if you focus on gut health first. Absolutely. And, you know, I, one, one of the sort of revelations to me over the last few years has been if you, can, if you can get the right sort of bacteria, right? The right probiotics and strains and things like that that we talked about before, and use those as almost like first line therapy for people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like you allow them to hit the easy button a little bit. Right. Let's do this. Then you'll feel better. And because you're feeling better, now it's easier for you to make those other choices that, you know, someone like you, or, I mean, you're going to want them to, you know, make some better dietary choices and make right. some better physical activity choices and make some better mental wellness choices. And it's easier for them to make those choices if they have good gut health. Right. That makes sense. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's definitely the philosophy that I practice with clients is let's try to figure out where we can start. That's going to set you up with the most success so that when you actually have more cognitive clarity and your energies are improved and you're having less symptoms from, you know, um, chronic inflammation, you're going to be in a mindset where you are willing to put more energy and effort into these other components. Right. You're setting yourself up for success. Yep. And the most beautiful part about that is you're building that self-efficacy, that belief in yourself that you actually have the ability to do it. When we try to bite off more than we can chew and we don't have the capability of reducing those physical stressors, trying to re- organize your entire life outside of your body is just setting yourself up for failure. Right. Yeah, so it's overwhelming, you, right? <laughs> it's so overwhelming. And so then you're sending a message to yourself that says, you suck. You can't do this. You're, it's not for you. You're never going to lose weight. You're never going to feel good. You're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And then that creates more stress. Now yep. we've got more psychological stress added and we're just in that vicious self-sabotage cycle. Yep. So I'm a big believer in where can we start that's going to be the easiest and give you the biggest bang for your buck. Right. So um, how can someone tell if they might have stress-induced uh, gut problems? Yeah. You know, people ask me this all the time and it's, it, you know, it's interesting that, you know, when we talk about gut health and you might experience this too with the people that you work with is that people will, you know, if you say, all right, we're going to focus on your gut as a place to start. They might even say like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I don't have gut problems. You know, I'm not experiencing, you know, the, the, the the bloating and the stomach aches and, you know, constipation and things like that. So, so that's not my issue. And so, you know, I'll, I'll sort of step out from it and say, well, you know, do you have, do you feel fatigued during the day? Like you're sort of dragging yourself through the day. And yet at the end of the day, when you're supposed to be trying to relax, you feel sort of tense and anxious and restless and you can't really, you can't really calm down. That's an example of your gut probably being out of balance. Um, if you are somebody who just, you know, has, has some sort of brain fog, right? You can't, Mm -hmm. You can't concentrate, you can't focus the way that you used to. That might be a symptom of your gut being out of balance. Um, anything, anything just around, like we've talked a little bit already about, about chronic stress and sort of being on edge all the time, those can be symptoms of your gut being out of balance. So, right. And those sometimes don't make sense to a lot of people because mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're not, they don't, they don't sound like the typical gut problems. Right. But remember what we said before about the gut making your neurotransmitters and making these signaling molecules. If your gut's out of balance, your, your whole system is going to be out of whack. And so what, right. you're, 
what you're sort of experiencing, what you're feeling are these problems with mental wellness and they're, they're not in your head. Well, they're, they're a little bit in your head, but they're primarily in your gut. And so that's why we talk about these two brains, one brain in your head, one brain in your, in your gut, what we call the second brain. Mm -hmm. And you know, any of those sort of feelings in your body are probably originating in your gut in the first place. Right. Absolutely. With the prevalence we see of IBS, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, the diagnoses of IBS are just through the roof. Typically, we see one of, there's two typical things, either it's a constipated IBS or it's, you know, um, diarrhea type mm -hmm. of IBS. And the reality is these things, the doctors are just giving these diagnoses, then they're prescribing prescriptive medications mm -hmm. to try and manage, and then that's compromising the integrity of the digestive tract, and then it's, we're just stuck, stuck in this vicious place. Right, exactly. So, exactly. So, and you know, pe people ask it, you know, a lot of times, like, why are we seeing these, th th this huge increase in these, you know, specific gut issues, like what you just described, right. at the same time that we're seeing these increases in all these psychological issues, like Dep depression and anxiety, anxiety, ADHD, and those sorts mm -hmm. of things. And you know, what I think a lot of people haven't sort of been clued into yet, um, is that is that they're the same things, right? It's exactly. the same dysfunction across what we would call the gut-brain axis. Mm -hmm. And whether, you know, there, there, there might be an individual difference about whether you're manifesting that imbalance as gut issues or manifesting as psychological issues or mood issues, but they're really part and parcel of the same underlying disruption. And so if we can go at them at the same time, get both of those brains talking to each other, right. you're, you're, you're going to feel better mentally and physically. And what's that highway called that connects the two? Yeah, it's the axis, you know, so like, you know, when we, when we talk about gut brain axis, the, the brain in the head is still an important target. The mm -hmm. brain in the gut is still an important target, that second brain. But what connects them is this axis and the axis is, is, is the communication network. It's, it's partly your immune system. It's partly your inflammatory cascade. It's partly your nervous system and your endocannabinoid system. And it's all these ways that those two brains send signals back and forth to each other. So mm -hmm. that in and of itself is, is, is a target, you know, on its own. If we can right. balance somebody's inflammation or strengthen their immune system, that's going to make the communication between those two brains more efficient. Yeah. So what are, th this is kind of a little off topic, but maybe not so much. What are your thoughts around CBD use, gut health and cognitive function? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it can be, I, I think there can be some benefits there. One of the, one of the challenges though, is that that's another noisy space, right? We yeah. talked about how confusing the probiotic category is. Right. The CBD space is the same thing. So, you know, we have this, this, this pathway, this endocannabinoid system in our bodies where our, our brain talks to our gut and our gut talks to our brain. And, you know, that, that serves it up as a, as a potential target, but mm -hmm. your body makes its own cannabinoids, right? We, mm -hmm. you know, we make those anandamide and 2-AG and there's a whole family of them that right. we make those to help reset our homeostasis, right? So anytime we're out of balance, like we're in pain or we're depressed or we're anxious or we're stressed, our body makes its own cannabinoids, what we call endocannabinoids, mm -hmm. to set us back into balance. And so the idea around CBD supplements is, hey, we can get these from plants and we can add that in to help restore that balance, you know, and help our body do what it's supposed to do. That's a great idea, but in practice, CBD is only one of, of a whole family of cannabinoids. And so mm -hmm. if we're focusing exclusively on this one, it might not be delivering the whole Picture. cascade of benefits mm -hmm. that we're looking for. That's not to say that it's bad. It's just right. to say that it needs to be properly balanced. The, you know, the other piece of it is that, you know, because the, the, you know, the supplement, supplement industry is regulated in certain ways by the FDA, mm -hmm. but there's all kinds of loopholes where these, you know, I don't want to say that they're crooks, but there's a lot of companies that are cutting corners and the CBD that they're claiming might not actually be in the bottle. And right. you know, that's, that's a whole nother piece about quality control and right. things like that. So no, it's unfortunate that it comes at the cost of the consumer. We blindly trust into these concepts. We purchase whatever Typically, I, I feel that most consumers purchase by whatever is available and the cheapest. Sure. And, you know, I feel that 
in the supplement in industry specifically, um, you do get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to pay more for the third party testing to ensure that everything that that bottle says is in it is actually in it. So I'm a firm believer in, you know, we have to do our homework. We can't blindly just trust that what we are purchasing is really what we're getting and going to provide us with the benefits that it says it does. Right, right. And, 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 and I mean, you're exactly right about that. Like, it, you know, so it can be done the right way. Right. You could get a, you know, a hemp oil that has CBD, but also has the other cannabinoids and is maybe also blended with other ingredients to help the cannabinoids do their job. But, but remember, you know, think back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, this, this whole gut brain axis. Mm -hmm. If that endocannabinoid system is just one of those pathways, why would you think that one pathway can do everything? Right. right? It, it can do the endocannabinoid pathway, but maybe you also want to do something with your microbiome and you right. also want to do something with your gut integrity and you also want to do something with your brain neurotransmitters or your yes. immune system. And so, you know, it gets into this, this, this concept of if you could come at it in this, it, like the more holistic you can address that whole system, mm -hmm. the better off your overall benefits are going to be. Right. Absolutely. I am a firm believer and we have to utilize the whole body approach. We can't just focus on one thing. We have to have a balance in all areas. And most importantly, we have to be consistent. If we're not consistent, then we're not really reaping the benefits. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The program's not going to help you if you're not I, doing it. Right. I know. I, it just <laughs> amazes me sometimes. So what can people do to help restore their gut health? Oh, there's a ton of things that people can do. And, it, you know, it almost becomes like, you know, we can give people, you know, a hundred different options that we know are, 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 are very, well substantiated by the research and by and by our experience mm -hmm. and then it's a matter of like wh where are you going to start so you know people will sometimes say to me like what are the what are the most important things if, if i could only do one or two or three things to improve my gut health what would it be and the first one would be to get, get rid of the things that are causing a problem right so you know lots of sugar highly processed foods lots of um lots of artificial anything so artificial right. sweeteners artificial flavors artificial colors um, anything that, that, that might be contaminated with pesticides, you know, so we, we can get into the whole organic discussion if you want to, but right. get rid of the things that are causing the most damage. So anything processed, anything high sugar, that's, that's a, that's a fairly easy switch for most people. Right. right. So now the question is, what do you add? Which is going to be, if you're getting rid of processed, you're going to want to add as much least processed, if you want to say it that right. way, whole foods, uh, um, lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, fiber is probably the most important thing that people are missing. 100%. But we also don't want to go down the line of saying, oh, well, all I need to do is now get a fiber supplement. I'm going to go get some psyllium or something well, at the store and that's going to solve it, right? That if they gets want into concrete, this reductionist. What's that? If they want it to turn to concrete and they're going to yeah, yeah, right. contract and have. <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the reasons we want people to eat as many brightly colored fruits and vegetables as, as often as possible throughout the day is so they're getting good phytonutrients. They're getting good fiber sources, mm -hmm. which are going to feed your microbiome, your good bacteria, right. which are going to protect your gut lining, which are going to send good signals out into your system. It really starts people off on the, on the, on the, on a sort of a positive foundation. Right. Absolutely. You know, as a dietitian, we're taught to practice and promote variety it's not because yes. we like to just sit there and preach variety to people. It's because there's an actual purpose. All of the different colors represents di different vitamins and minerals that we can extract from those food items. Another piece is that most people are habitual eaters. So yes. they eat the same thing over and over and over. And if those foods contain a lot of those environmental factors that are contributing to the integrity, reducing the integrity of that gut, that in itself is going to create bigger problems because these undigested food particles are going to get in the bloodstream. That's going to create chronic inflammation, right. an immune response. Oh, all of a sudden up goes our stress. So variety is so key when it comes to our approach with choosing foods so that not only can we ensure we're getting all of the vitamins and minerals we need, but also reducing that stress on the actual um, gut. Right, right, exactly. One of, the, one of the fun things that I like to do with people to, to try to encourage that 
that diversity? Because mm -hmm. you bring up a really good point, and I don't think people realize this unless somebody points it out to them that we do get in those ruts of like, we eat the same thing, we eat the same thing, we eat the same thing, and right. that's going to build like a, a like a a a very vanilla kind of microbiome. It's not going to it's not going to provide the diversity. So exactly. I'll challenge people. I'll say, you know, what? when you go to the produce department next time, go and find something that that you don't recognize and mm -hmm. buy it and eat it. Right. Yeah. Because like, th there's all kinds of different kinds of lettuce. It's not just right. iceberg lettuce and romaine lettuce. There's red leaf and green leaf. And the, there's, there's all kinds of different kinds of kale. And tr try something Cabbage, in that section. Yeah. Try different kinds of peppers. Try different kinds of, I mean, you, there's, a, there's an endless, endless yeah. variety. There are some researchers now that are suggesting what we really should shoot for is about 30 different kinds of fruits and vegetables on sort of a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And you say that to people and yeah. like, you know, the average person is go, I don't even think I know 30, right. you know, and they're like, go explore, you know, have fun yeah. with it. Yeah. It's kind of sad that we have, I, I think since the 1970s, when the convenience foods really moved in, it really took a negative impact on people's willingness to explore because mm -hmm. we just didn't have exposure. So I like to tell, you know, parents specifically who have young children, you have to get your children emotionally invested in the process of eating produce. Right. You can't just put this strange looking thing in front of them and expect them to be all in. I got to work on a, um, a unique program Oh gosh, back in like 2009, it was this really amazing farm to table experience in this school district. And the philosophies that they were utilizing was an approach that they were doing over in Italy. And I can't remember the name of it at the moment, but anyway, they incorporated this curriculum. And so they got these kids emotionally invested by getting the seeds, helping them plant it, letting nice. them water it and nurture it. And then when it came to harvest time, they got to go out, they got to pick it. Then we got to bring it in the kitchen, wash it, cook it. By the time these items got to their plate, they could not wait to scarf them down. I bet, I remember, yeah. I remember taking okra. We were taking buckets and buckets full of okra, bringing that in. We made like this okra African stew. And these kids were like, yum, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I'm thinking most adults won't even eat right, okra. Right. Like this is but just- It was because those kids were invested. They in were the, invested yeah. in it. So I tell parents all the time, pull up, there's this really amazing app called Specialty Produce. It has every single possible produce that you could ever think of. We, there's so many varieties we don't even know exist. And it's colorful and it's beautiful pictures. Have your kids scroll through, pick one then take them to the grocery store and only buy that item. Don't nice. try and do like a full grocery shop. Get them invested in that process. Let them come home. Let them prep what they can based on their skills. The likeliness of them wanting to eat that is going to increase significantly. I love it. Yeah, love it. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, I, we have to not only invest our children, but we have to invest ourselves as well. Yeah, and, and, and you maybe maybe this is a little tangent that we can go off on, but you know, one of the things that you know people will say back when you say, you know, be 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 adventurous with those kinds of foods, they'll say, Well, I don't like those foods. I don't like the way they taste. I don't like, I don't like I just don't like them. Right. You know, and one of the things that we've seen in our research is that when you can change the microbiome into a positive direction, you actually change appetite, you change mm -hmm. craving. So right. it's not like, I think it's probably an overstatement to say that people are going to start craving kale instead of cupcakes. You know, it doesn't work that way necessarily. Well, but if, if, you, if you start building a good microbiome because you're eating good foods, then when those bacteria get hungry, so to mm -hmm. speak, the signal they send to the brain is going to be more interpreted to get you to go towards those healthy foods than those unhealthy foods. And we right. see that all the time. So with that being said, can you talk a little bit more about why people have such cravings for sugar and refined processed foods? Yeah. And, 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 and now because we can measure it, we mm -hmm. can actually track it over time very specifically where we used to not be able to measure these kinds of things at all. We know now that if, you know, if you're eating a lot of processed food and a lot of sugar and a lot of garbage, you're growing a population of bacteria that thrives on that kind of junk food. And so when they want food, when they want to be nourished, they send a signal to the brain that the brain ends up interpreting as, hey, 
uh, fast food would be good right now. Potato chips would be good right now. Cupcakes would be good right now. And so that's where a lot of your cravings come from, from those bacteria that you've already grown right. because you've been, you've been living on a diet based on those foods. If you get those foods out, those, those bacteria will die off. You starve them. You start feeding these other bacteria on the lettuces and the peppers and the apples and the asparaguses and all that kind of stuff. Right. Now, when they get hungry, now you're going to be more inclined to be driven towards those foods. So mm -hmm. just by changing your bacteria, you change your appetite. And right. so that's a, you know, th then you get into the chicken and egg scenario. Of, right. Well, can I change my bacteria first or do I have to start eating the foods first or or what? And there's, there's some, there's some scenarios that we can get into around right. that, but. Well, I, I unfortunately experienced this concept firsthand in 2014. It was October, 2014. All of a sudden I started craving junk food and apple cider beer, things that were not normal staples in my diet. I had been, I had gotten really sick. I had been put on antibiotics for a really bad respiratory infection that I had gotten that led into getting a yeast infection. And then next thing I know, all of a sudden, I'm craving these foods that weren't normal part of my diet. Uh -huh. And I remember counseling clients sitting there going, I cannot wait for this appointment to be over so I can stop at Deerberg's and pick up all of this <laughs> junk. And I would literally get home and sit in a corner of my couch with a little nest of junk food, Pringles, apple cider beer, Oreo cookies, and just be devouring it. And after several weeks of this, I was like, what the hell? What yeah. is going on here? Like, yeah. Because you knew better, me. right? Obviously. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, this is not me. This is not a matter of me not being able to control what I am putting in my body. Like I am literally being dictated what I am going to eat. Yep. So at the time, I had this amazing friend who um, was a biochemist and he had just bought this really awesome like $40,000 microscope. And so I was proposing to him my hypothesis. I said, I feel like I have an overgrowth of yeast in my bloodstream that is dictating what my body needs. And so he said, well, let's do an experiment. Let's go ahead and do some blood draws, put them under the microscope and see what we see. And behold, lo and behold, literally colonies and colonies and colonies of yeast. We took pictures of mm -hmm. it, printed out that evidence. For me, that was enough to say, Oh, hell no. This stuff is not going to take over my body and it is not going to dictate what I am going to eat. So I had to do a very restrictive diet for about 30 days to starve everything out. And yep. that I had to take, you know, appropriate um, probiotics and most importantly, prebiotics. I had to get the food in to actually nurture yep. and nourish the, uh, the probiotics. But that for me was like just a awesome experience to see firsthand. Because I think so many people get in their head and they think, I'm just weak. I right. just, it's not for me. I'm never going to be able to do it. And for me, being able to physically see the evidence that this is what was causing me to choose what was going in my body, man, that was powerful. Yeah. But most people wouldn't have the, the, the education or the, or the, or the wherewithal, or the or the or the body awareness to do what you did and say right. something's off, something is driving me to do this thing that I wouldn't normally do, and you you were able to link it to go, huh? Antibiotics change this, you know, change the microbiome, you know, set up a spot where this yeast could grow, et cetera, et cetera, and that's where the cravings are coming from. Here, right on the top of my to read pile, is this paper that just came out. A review of antibiotics, depression, and the gut microbiome, which is a Ooh. scientific analysis of exactly what you just said. It's that like, sounds it's juicy. Like we know this stuff now. And so and knowing it, then, then we can go to the people that we work with and say, you know what? We do need to look at your gut. And if we can look right. at your gut, we can get these sorts of benefits and you know, help you get to be as good as you want to be. Right. Yeah. So important. So important. So what can people, what is one, let's just say one quick fix, because everybody loves a Band-Aid, right? Yeah. What is one quick fix that people could do to start restoring their gut health that wasn't going to require them to have to change maybe the foods that they're eating or other lifestyle factors? What, what do you say? Yeah, well, you know, one, one, one thing people can do that can really get them off on the right footing is, 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 is get the right supplements in, right? And I, I, 
so I'm a, I'm a food first nutritionist, just like you are, right? right? We want people to eat that healthy diet, but, and I used to always think that, you know, let's get the diet dialed in. Let's get your physical activity dialed in. Let's get your stress levels dialed in. Then we'll do the supplements as the last piece of the puzzle to mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, just, just, just get everything tweaked. Right. And now I actually think that for most people, the supplements can come first. As you I know, agree. I said before, like the idea of that easy button, mm -hmm. if we can use the supplements as that first approach to, to help them change their appetite, then it makes the dietary changes easier. Right. If we can use the supplements to improve their energy levels, then it makes the activity piece a little bit better. If we can use the supplements to reduce their stress levels, then it makes it easier for them to you know, do a yoga class or meditation or a mindfulness practice or something like that. So right. if you can get the right supplements that are focused on the gut, rebuilding your microbiome, helping with your gut integrity, helping with the production of the, of the bioactive chemicals like the neurotransmitters that start in the gut and then have their signaling effects in the brain, that's something that's really easy for somebody. But we really have to say to somebody that that's not it. We're not saying this is a silver bullet and then you're done. We're right. saying this is a place you can start so that then it makes the rest of these lifestyle changes easier for you to implement. Does that, does that make sense? Oh my God. Absolutely. That totally aligns with my philosophies of practice. We have to set people up for success and we got to get them feeling better first before they're going to really be able to dive in, Right. be bought in to the whole experience because unfortunately we need, we need to see we're, we're this, you know, we're kind of as humans, we need to see first before right. we actually act right right exactly yeah all the science stuff that we've just geeked out about is yeah. awesome but yeah. it doesn't mean anything to that person that individual unless right. they experience it in their own life so right. totally totally alignment with you on that yeah so so what is that one product you would recommend someone start with that would help get them moving in the right direction yeah so 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 at my company at amare we formulated something called fundamentals which okay. really comes at this idea of the gut-brain axis in, in as holistic, comprehensive uh, an approach as we, as we currently know how to do from the science. So, you know, we give specific strains of bacteria that have already been shown in clinical trials to help with depression and anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. And then we marry those up with the prebiotic fibers that really help those, those bacteria to to thrive in terms of their metabolism and what they're producing and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We also have nutrients in there that help with gut integrity. So help the, help the actual gut lining become more, more, more resilient and more, more have, have, have better integrity. So you get out of that leaky gut permeability kind of an idea. Okay. Then we, then we go up into the axis and we help the immune system be more vigilant we lower inflammation, mm. we help improve signaling across that axis. So if we have a good gut and we have better signaling, that means we can get a much better effect in the brain in our head. And we've done some clinical trials to show that if you get the microbiome rebalanced, what you end up seeing is this very holistic improvement in how people feel overall. Mm -hmm. So mood improves, energy improves, focus improves. Um, irritability goes down so people feel more calm, but they also feel energetic at the same time. And so that's really good that people can have this feeling of, hey, I'm better. Right. And it's coming from these changes that we made in the gut. So that's a really good place to be. We actually just did a clinical trial that showed that if you can change the microbiome, you can help people feel better. But you all, so, so you get these mental wellness benefits, but right. you also get these physical health changes where blood sugar levels are better, stress hormone levels are better, things like cholesterol and triglycerides are better. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a physical advantage to it as well. And if you can get all of that rebalanced, people are footing. And then, I mean, quite literally, then they go, huh, I feel better. Right. Tell me more about that exercise program that you wanted me to go on. Tell me more about which fruits and vegetables I should look forward to and you know yeah. how I should change my diet. Like, it's almost like you give them more bandwidth so Absolutely. now they're able to make better changes, you know? Oh, I, I love that so much. That's definitely the approach that I take with practice. Um, for me, you know, this whole podcast is about having conversations so that we can rethink the approach to our overall health and wellness. And what we have seen over decades and decades is that we have put so much effort into exercise, nutrition. Those things cannot be sustainable if 
we don't have the gut brain access in alignment. Exactly. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, you know, add one more thing on that because there's, there's, there's so many people out there who are doing everything that they think is right. You know, they're, they are eating a good diet. They mm -hmm. are doing their, their physical activity on a regular basis. And like, if you talk to a lot of those people, they'll go, yeah, I'm doing everything right, but I seem like it's not gaining any traction. It's, it seems like I'm stuck. I should be getting more benefits out of this than I'm getting. And right. I don't know why. And it very likely is that they, that they have some sort of a, an, an, an imbalance in this gut-brain axis. And if you can help them restore that balance, you don't even have to go in and change their diet and exercise anymore. Right. It just starts gaining more traction. And they say, oh, well, now I'm losing weight or now I'm gaining muscle or now I'm whatever benefit that was elusive to them before. Now they're getting it because their gut brain axis is back right. in balance. I like to call those people typically type A personality perfectionists. Mm -hmm. And so they are putting so much energy and effort into nailing down the diet, nailing down the exercise that they don't realize the amount of stress that they're actually right. putting on their body from a mental perspective, which is going to throw off that microbiome in, in the gut. So yep. that makes know, perfect sense. Yeah. So I like to, whenever I, I love type A perfectionists, they are my favorite. I used to be one. So I know <laughs> them so well. I like to say that I am a recovering professional profession. I am a recovering perfectionist in a professional half-asser now and it was <laughs> nice. literally the best thing that ever happened to me i mean honestly and so i try to encourage people especially if they come at me with my diet's perfect my exercise perfect i'm like ooh, i know right where we're gonna start exactly that's great so yeah so how does the fundament fundamentals package work how do what do you like where do you start what do you do yeah, so, so, so Fundamentals is, it is really three products. It's a okay. product for the gut that has all the probiotics and prebiotics in it. Okay. That's called, that's called Mentabiotics. It's a product for the brain that has phytonutrients that really help to not just activate the brain so you have better clarity and cognition and memory, but it also helps to calm the brain at the same time. Okay. So that you get this really nice feeling that some people would call like, they feel like they're in the zone. They feel like oh, they're connected okay. and engaged with, with whatever they're working on. And then a th that, that, that product's called Mentafocus. And then there's a third product that addresses the axis in between that we just talked about that's called Mentasync. And so okay. that helps the immune system. It helps with gut integrity. And so if you put, if you took any of those three separately, you'd, you'd feel better, you know, mm -hmm. you'd feel better in that particular way, but we put them all together in a kit and we launched this in the very beginning of 2018 okay. and that fundamentals pack actually won an award in the natural products industry called the Nutra I Award. Saw that. Which is yeah, Nutra Awards given to like the, the, the example of the one product that represents the best product in the whole natural products industry. So we were super excited to get that. It's but it's, you know, alkaline. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason that we want it is like we, we have good ingredients, they're all science based, they're all pure, we have great quality control, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, this, this kind of gut brain axis system mm -hmm. wasn't even possible to make a couple of years ago because the science wasn't there. All right. the stuff that we're talking about today yeah. is brand new science that we right. didn't even have access to a few years ago. Right. So, you know, we put it out there and made a big splash and you know the the natural products industry now it's now we see that gut health is a big thing now that we see lots of people talking about gut brain axis and using the gut to improve how we feel and and that's awesome but like we said before it can it can get really noisy unless you actually have something that's clinically validated like that like the fundamentals is right okay makes total sense um yeah that that award you guys won is is a huge deal it's a, it's a big deal. So congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank you. It's yeah. I'm excited to see what, what the trends will be this year at expo. Right. Exactly. Well, you never know what the trends see. are going to be. And yeah, you know, you, you know, one, one thing, one thing that's important about, uh, you know, about trends, right. There's, I mean, you see this all the time in the work mm -hmm. that you do. There's always a new diet. There's always a new fad sort of a thing. I don't think that what we're seeing now around microbiome or gut health or gut brain access, I, it's certainly trendy, but it's not a fad, right? And in, in terms of it's trendy because everyone's talking about it and everyone's excited about it, but it's not going to be one of these things that goes away in a couple of years. Like legitimately, this is where all the science is. 
pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies, nutraceutical companies are all focusing on this area in, in sort of different ways. But right. I mean, it's, it's something that's, that's, that's going to be at the forefront of medicine for the coming decades. Right. No, no, I agree. And I'm grateful that we have made it to the trend trendy mm -hmm. because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to have the research that was needed to validate everything. Right. That's been the biggest struggle. So for me, that's the win in it. The consequences that, you know, there's a lot of people who do want to jump on board and take advantage of the consumer by putting out their products that just aren't safe, unfortunately. Right. But, um, it's our responsibility, you know, as practitioners to provide individuals, consumers who don't have the time, energy, and effort to do the work themselves to provide that, you know, have these kind of conversations like we're having now. I've been stalking Amari for two years now. I've been very, very curious with everything that they've had going on because it is so much in alignment with the philosophy, the philosophies that I practice. Um, so it's exciting to watch and see, see what's happening and, and yeah, see and I think it's, I, you know, I think it's an exciting time right now that, you know, we've got this, you know, sort of a perfect storm of things coming together where, you know, people are not feeling the way they want to feel because of all the stress issues that we talked about. Right. And, you know, they're trying to do, you know, the diet and exercise and maybe not getting the benefits that they're looking for because of the type A that's introducing even more stress into their system, like you described. And the science around the whole microbiome and the gut-brain axis is changing and giving us these new tools where we can say, aha, this might be the sort of missing piece of the puzzle that we can plug in for people. And if we can use the science and build it into a product like Fundamentals, it makes it easy for someone to just go, well, I'll give that a try and see how it works for me. And right. then, you know, hopefully the rest is just, is just goodness that follows from that. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for all the work that you do and all of this amazingness that you brought to the listeners today. I can't wait to hear people's comments and questions. So how can the listeners find you? So people can find me at my blog, which is my name, SeanTalbot.com. I post a lot of you know, Zoom videos and articles and things like that up there. Um, or if they want to find out about the Amari products, it's just Amare.com, A-M-A-R-E.com. And we've got tons of content there, videos and blogs and recipes and all kinds of stuff to really help with this gut brain axis. Yeah, you guys are really doing a great job. I'm, I'm really impressed and excited to be on board with Amare. It's taken me a long time to decide that I wanted to align myself with one company, but I truly, truly believe in what is being done here. And I'm excited to get in now so that I can watch all of the beautifulness unfold in the future. Awesome. So I appreciate you coming on and I know you're a busy man. You're so humble. You're just absolutely amazing. And hopefully we can do this again. Cause I think there's a lot of conversations that you and I could have um, that would bring a lot of benefit to the listeners. So. I'd love to. There's tons of things you and I can geek out about. Heather. Oh yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. I'm so grateful that you stopped by. If you could just take a minute to share this episode with someone you think who would love it, it would be amazing. Take a screenshot that you've listened to the episode and tag at Think Yourself Healthy and myself at Nutrition Vixen so that I can share it. Leave a review on iTunes to let us know how much you loved being here and what you want to hear next. Until next time, don't forget to think yourself healthy. Thanks again, guys. Bye.